The Cultured Meat Symposium is back in San Francisco on October 28th and 29th, 2022. This year, the theme of the event is creativity and commerce. Learn more and register at www.cms2022.com. Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. We're excited to have Caroline from Meetable on this episode. Caroline is the Head of Commerce and Strategy at Meetable. She has a background in marketing and strategy and was previously at BCG, where she was working for big consumer goods companies. She then went on to get her MBA from Columbia University in New York. During this episode, we chat about who we need to educate about cultivated meat products and the understanding of the technology over the last few years. We had a great conversation with Caroline. Let's jump right in. Thanks for joining us on the Cultured Meat and Future Food Show. We're super excited to have Caroline from Meetable on the show today. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Caroline, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, of course. So um, I'm Caroline, as you said. I am the head of commerce and strategy here at Meatball. Uh, Meatball is a Dutch cultivated meat company uh, founded in 2018. Uh, and what we're trying to do here is we're trying to satisfy the world's appetite for meat without harming people, the planet, uh, or animals. I started working for Meetable about two years ago uh, after I'd been working for BCG, uh, the Boston Consulting Group, the strategy consultant, for the 10 years before that. Uh, I have a background uh, in marketing uh, and strategy. And in my career at BCG, I was actually able, which was very nice and uh, and interesting, to work a lot uh, for the big consumer goods companies and help them with growth strategies, uh, which are, for example, market introductions, portfolio strategies, quite a lot of digital marketing work. And during my time as BCG, I was uh, happy to go on an MBA in New York. I lived there for two years, went to Columbia University. Uh, which was incredibly inspiring. I met so many people from different cultures. I listened to a lot of uh, CEOs, CFOs, CMOs talking, a lot of founders talking about startups. And it really inspired me and uh, made me think about what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So after returning, I I still worked for a couple of years at BCG, but uh, I started to, to get this urge of doing something more impactful for the world. So um, when it came to this decision, um, as it always goes in these big uh, consulting firms about becoming a partner or uh, going to do something else with your life, for me, it was quite clear that uh, I didn't want to go for that. And I really wanted to uh, contribute what I learned uh, to uh, a company that was really trying to make the world a better place. So I got into contact with Krein, who was one of our founders, uh, who was back then still working at Meatable with 15 researchers who were really all trying to make cultivated meat a reality. But back then there was nobody in the company uh, who actually thought about how to commercialize that after you know we did the research and the product was there. Um, there was nobody yet who thought about, hey, how to bring this to consumers or how to make our mission a, rea- a reality uh, when it goes further than just research. Um, so basically, that's why I joined. I started as a freelancer. I thought about the commercial strategy and how to bring this product to consumers. That was about two years ago. And after that, um, yeah, I spent, uh, I spent a, lot of, uh, a lot of great time here 
uh, trying to make this product and also the market introduction a reality. There's a, a beautiful branding and also design language that Meetable has. Would you say that that was something that came about after you joined? Well, the basis of the branding was already done. It was actually done by, uh, by a great agency uh, called Koto. I think what they did, um, they brilliantly translated what's already in our culture into a brand. And I think the work I did after joining was definitely uh, substantiating that more, right? Working further on it, adjusting it a little bit. But I think, honestly, the, the branding work for Meetable has been relatively easy because for us, it's really only a translation of this mission and culture that's so embedded in everybody in this organization into, you know, nice colors and, and, and phrases, which is, a, uh, which is a much easier job when it comes to marketing than really uh, thinking or figuring out stuff that's not already there in the company. So uh, I, was, I was super happy with the work, but I must also say that, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just a good translation of what's already there inside the minds of people. To take a step back a bit, can you tell us a little bit about Meetable for those who might not be familiar with the company and maybe also what specific types of meat your team is working on? Yes, absolutely. Maybe also, maybe to start on what's cultivated meat, because I know, uh, I know most of your listeners will know, but still, uh, also from people who actually know it, we still get quite a lot of questions. So what we do at Meetable, we make cultured, cultivated, or lab-grown meat, um, which means uh, in our way, because there's three ways to do it, in our way, we take stem cells from an unharmed animal um, and then grow that into actual muscle and fat, uh, which we, again, then bring together uh, and form into what we're working on now, a sausage or a dumpling, but it can be multiple other products. Um, our technology is species indifferent, which means that we can use it on basically any animal that you know uh, can be used for food. Um, but we started back when we were founded in 2018. We actually started to work on pork because a couple of the researchers that had uh, been with our company from the start were used to working with human cells. And apparently, I'm not a researcher, so I never really understand this, but apparently the pork cells are closer to human cells than, for example, beef or chicken cells. So that's, that's honestly where this decision came from. I think now, um, a couple of years ahead, what we actually see is that a couple of other cultivated meat companies work on chicken or they work on beef. There's not that many working on pork. So uh, honestly, we're, we're very happy with this decision. But we also have our beef team or bovine team, as we call it, starting up now to already start working on that technology as well. That's exciting. And actually, you know, earlier we were chatting about how Dan Lining was one of the first podcast guests we had ever recorded. It'd be great to kind of learn about, do you and the other team members interact with Dan quite a bit? Yes. So um, to be perfectly honest, he is right now on paternity leave because he just had his first child. Um, but no, normally he's, he's extremely active still in the company. He is uh, and now, we call him now co-founder and CTO. I think um, the way we work, we have uh, Krein, uh, who has a business background, who is our CEO and really manages the day-to-day. And then you have Dan, who I see as our inventor, so to say. He's very much involved in everything we do, in the research, especially with the research team, always looking, looking at uh, other players, other uh, like small startups uh, who are working on interesting technologies that we might be able to use. 
Um, so yeah, I, I see him. Um, I hope he, he won't mind me saying this, but I see him as our big inventor and uh, like big brains of the company. I love it. And Dan, if you're listening, congratulations on fatherhood. <laughs> so right now we are getting to the point where more people are learning about cultured meat, cultivated meat. Who do we need to actually market this to at this time? Yeah, I think I think it's a good question. I think for me, it's not uh, it's not about market. For me, it's in the state we are in now as an industry. Uh, for me, it's really about education. Because what you see now in the world, I think most people are very aware about climate change and the fact that, you know, we need to do something for the world now. Um, what I think they're much less aware of is uh, the opportunities or how they can help. And I think for culture baked meats, that's the same. I think people have sometimes heard about it, but I think it's on the on the one end, it's very hard to really get your head around this concept, right? That now in the 21st century, we we can actually grow meat without needing the animal, right? In a, in a very literal sense, the way we produce meat at Meatable, we need one cell, one cell from one animal, and with that cell, we can literally feed the world. And I think this is a concept that is, it just takes time for people, including myself, to be honest, to to get your head around what this is and how this works. The same thing goes for the products that come out of it. What we see is that people are now used to plant-based alternatives, um, but that's not what this is, right? What we make, it's not like meat. It is actual meat. The makeup of the meat, like if you look at fatty acids, et cetera, et cetera, it's the same as traditional pork meat. And I think this, also this, right, it's just hard for people to understand. People... People ask me like, hey, does it taste the same? Which is a very logical question, of course. But if you, if I ask this to the scientists, they say, yeah, of course it tastes the same. It is actually the same. So I think, I think what we're doing now is, is um, and this is where we put our effort, not only alone, by the way, this is an, this is an industry, industry-wide initiative. And this is also why we're working together in all of these associations uh, with other cultivated meat companies. It's really about explaining to the world what this product is and what the advantages are and what people can expect from it. And I think when I say people, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not specifically targeting consumers. For me, it's also regulators, politicians, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's all about explaining what we do and explaining why um, the things that we're working on can help make the world a better place. Would you say that whether you're talking to potential consumers, regulators, policymakers, there has been more of an understanding about the technology over the last few years? Uh, I think definitely, definitely. I think there's more understanding on a variety of levels. So the first thing I think is climate change, animal welfare. That is uh, definitely uh, doesn't come from us, but I think generally in the world, you, you see this happening, right? You see a change happening of people uh, more and more understanding that we cannot go on the way we do. Um, and I also think that when it comes to the food that we eat, there's more and more understanding that the current way of producing our animal protein is simply unsustainable for animals and for the world. So on that, on that sense, I think that's undeniable. I think when you ask me, do people know more about cultivated meat than five or 10 years ago? Absolutely. But on the, on the other hand, we do... Uh, still see that quite a lot of people 
do not know what it is or understand fully what it is. So for example, when I when I started working for Meetable, so about two years ago, I did very extensive consumer research to really understand worldwide what people thought about cultivated meat, what their concerns were, what their needs were, what their drivers were and how that worked, what the underlying association drivers were. And I think also there, um, we talked to consumers in the US, uh, in Asia, in Europe. And I think there's there's just uh, still a big vari- uh, variability in how well people understand this product. And I think the more we talk about it, the more people um, the more people are aware of it and are understanding of it. But I do think there's still uh, there's still a way to go there. We talked a little bit about why it's important to communicate to the technology, but what could go wrong? What's the biggest threat to maybe communicating effectively? I think not communicating enough. Um, that's actually how I would say it. I think at Meetable, we have this, this whole belief, and it's almost a value system, I would say, that, look, if you, if you are here on the premises and you actually know what we're doing and how like how we work here, how much effort we put, for example, on on safety, on safety studies. Like it's not that it's new what we're doing here, but it's actually not scary. And I think what we strongly believe in is in is when we open up and we provide transparency and we really explain to people what we're doing here, why we do it, how we do it, um, that uh, consumers will be very open and very understanding. And to give you a short example, like in these in these interviews that, that we did in the consumer research, these were three hour long conversations with consumers. And what you see is that if you have that time, you just talk to people, you talk about what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. Even people that maybe in the beginning uh, were a bit reluctant i would say like like just think about people that simply love eating their meat right we're a bit reluctant about about but this whole new thing at first i think after three hours what you see is that i'm a bit hesitant to say everyone but it's actually true everybody says oh, okay okay now that i understand it i'm willing to try it and i think if you ask me like um, what is uh, what is the thing that could be wrong in the communication i would say it's not communicating enough I think it's interesting to think about it that way because I think that if somebody was to tour the traditional way we make meat, uh, like for example, touring a, a facility where on how we make meat today, then that would probably be, you know, we use the word scary. That would be scary. Whereas, you know, maybe seeing how this future way of making meat would look is actually very calming, I would say. Now, I wanted to ask you. Have you tried the Meetable product? Well, we are uh, in the process of this. You might have heard in the news from the Netherlands, which actually, I'm not sure if you read it, but it's actually very exciting for me, um, that a couple of months ago, there was was this motion approved in the Netherlands uh, to allow for tastings of cultivated meat. I think, um, as of course, we're a Dutch company, uh, we need to adhere to Dutch law. And this is one of the things where the Netherlands has been a bit stricter than some other countries in the world. Um, so I'm actually uh, very happy to share that uh, there was an overwhelming majority in our government voting in favor of this of this motion, where you can also see that also in a country like the Netherlands, things are really moving and politicians are really uh, 
picking up on the opportunity of this technology. Um, so I very, very strongly hope that we uh, can start inviting some selected people uh, to our premises to, uh, to taste our product. Uh, well, I hope in a couple of months' time, but let's see how it goes. Wow. Okay. So everything has been approved or there is still some of a uh, approval process left? It's not really approval. I think in the Netherlands, the motion has been approved, but now it has to be institutionalized. I see. Okay. Okay. So, so there's actually very good chances that very soon we will be able to legally have tastings in the Netherlands. Yes, that's correct. And do you think the rest of Europe might follow? Actually, there's a couple of countries in Europe that are further ahead than the Netherlands on this. Um, so in a select number of countries in Europe, there have been tastings. Uh, yeah, with the press also, I think one in Scandinavia and one in France from the top of my head. That's exciting to see because when we do think of food regulation in Europe, because of very high quality safety standards, it does seem or is much more strict than some other parts of the world. But the fact that they are opening up to this type of technology is very good to hear. Yes, I agree. So before we get off this topic, I, I do want to ask you, because you know, even with the podcast, when we do explain to people what cultured meat is, sometimes there is that knee-jerk reaction where they kind of step back and they have to think about it a bit before they make their opinion. So for those that do have that initial maybe negative response, what is the best way to calm their nerves? That's a good question. I think for me, uh, it's not really about calming nerves. For me, so the first step, as I said, right, is just education. It's about explaining simply what the product is. But for me, the second thing is, and I think this is something we strongly believe uh, in at Meetable, is like, it's okay that people have this response. It's okay that people need time to get their head around it. It's okay that people have questions about a product that is so new and that they just find hard to understand. Um, I think, so for example, um, there's this thing uh, about taste that I explained before, right? Like, yes, Scientists will say it tastes the same, but of course, people need to start believing this. This is why it's also so important for us to have these tastings uh, in the Netherlands so that we can, well, we cannot invite the whole world, right? But we can at least invite some press and we can give some input there. I think another uh, key topic, of course, is safety. This is also always part of this response, right? Is it safe? I think scientifically, yes, it's safe. Did we do other studies? Yes, it's safe. But I'm not going to. Uh, gonna deny that that this is a real question for people and it's a logical question for a new product like this. So I think the best way to go about it is to just to be honest about the fact that people will have this response, that people will have questions and just to openly uh, be transparent about what we do and openly engage with uh, engage in the conversation. Are there any parallels we can make to other types of food or, or food technologies that have been released that have now been widely adopted and would you say executed successfully? Any comparisons we can make? I think the easiest comparison is with the uh, plant-based uh, burgers, plant-based sausages, the beyonds and impossible of this world. I think uh, it's honestly, it's a we can learn from 
from the way that they went about this. I think they had a different trajectory to do, of course. I think what they did very well is they really built this industry. And I think right now it's so common for people to switch like a burger on the barbecue every once in a while for a Beyond or Impossible Burger. I think they did an amazing job there to provide people with new choices, with, with other alternatives to meat. And I think even though like 10 years ago, this was very rare, I think now for many people, uh, it's quite normal to swap out uh, traditional meat for plant-based meat every once in a while. So I think they did that pretty well. I think I can definitely learn from that. And I think if you compare us uh, with plant-based meat, which of course people often do, um, I think for cultivated meat, there's probably more work to do in really explaining what the product is and probably addressing some of consumers' concerns. So I think I think we know that. Uh, I think on the positive side... Um, the taste will be much closer because, you know, it is meat, much closer to what people are used to. So what I'm hoping is that um, the most, most of the work that we need to do is to really explain to people what this is and have them try the meat for the first time. Uh, and that the taste, and, and I strongly believe in that, will speak for itself after that. From a go-to-market strategy uh, can we expect that in the future we'll be seeing meetable branded products in retail stores or will it be a little bit of a different approach? No, it's a, it's a good question. Um, the way we think about it now, it will be meetable branded. I think there's two things underlying that. The first thing is that uh, we're a mission-driven company. And with the mission that we set ourselves, the only way for me to go about that is to bring a, a mass product to the market. Um, because if you say, hey, we really want to put a dent in both climate change and animal husbandry, of course, the only way to do it is to make sure that a uh, uh, that you sell a product to the big masses. It doesn't work if you if you just focus on a niche product. But then if you think about it, um, there's also this whole thing about building a new industry and making sure that you can convince, you can educate people, you can convince people of, for example, the safety concerns, you can convince people that you're really out there uh, to make a positive impact on the world. And I think, I think in an industry that doesn't yet exist, branding is an excellent tool for that because it allows me to also talk to consumers and to really build a brand that consumers can trust. Um, and this is the key reason that, um, uh, that I do think the way we look at it now, of course, things can change. It's still a startup, uh, but that, yes, we will be branded in both restaurants and supermarkets. Now, with this type of technology, we can kind of go beyond what is traditionally available. And I guess one example would be with Impossible Burger. They're always kind of saying that, you know, we're going to be continuously improving it to eventually it's going to be, you know, better than the cow. Is that part of the philosophy at Meetable? And would we maybe see more unique types of meat or products in the future? Or is it really about kind of sticking to the most traditional meat that we have today? Well, I think this technology that we're working on is already so new. Um, so in my mind, it is the best way to go to start with products that are very familiar to people. Because like, to make it very simple, our meat can have any shape and, well, probably also any color that you would like. Um, but that is not the way we go about it. I don't, I don't, we don't really want to be like so innovative here. What we really want to do is we want to allow and give people a very easy choice so that they're in like in a couple of years time, 
they stand in the supermarket and they have the choice between, say, two very similar pork sausages. Both taste exactly the same. The price point is exactly or almost exactly the same. And for one of those, um, there was an animal killed or maybe more. There was a significant climate impact. And for the other, there was no animal harm and climate impact was about 90% lower. That's, that's, what, that's what we're in the business of. So, of course, we will continuously work on product improvements, making the product taste better, making the quality better. Of course we will. But for me, it's not about being innovative. It's really about making sure that we provide this new natural, new normal to consumers, that they have an easy choice between traditionally farmed meat and cultivated meat. And that if we put it this way, that we can really make a dent into climate change and animal husbandry. And hopefully in the future, that part of Albert Heinz that might have the traditional sausage is much smaller than that second type of sausage. <laughs> I, I hope so. I think I'm, I'm really trying to, to, you know, make the choice as easy as I can. And then also, you know, trust in the good of people. And I think that I've talked to many, many consumers uh, in this job. And I think if you make it easy, uh, like a lot of people actually want to do something good for the world. So uh, we try to help them with that. So we understand the importance of education and communication. What are some ways that the listeners can really help educate their friends and family about this technology? Well, I think just talk to them. I think that's a basis. Um, I think the way I try to explain it is, I think everybody, and, and especially the listeners, of course, to this podcast, they know that climate change is happening, animal husbandry is happening. and the way I tell it to my friends, right, this is really the time to start changing things because we cannot wait much longer. I think it's not only about cultivated meat. I think I, I really believe that in order to change these problems, we need to provide a variety of choices to the consumer. This includes plant-based, it includes insect-based, uh, but I think cultivated meat will also provide a very easy choice to consumers that I think uh, they will be willing to make. Um, and I think the best thing to do is just to talk to people about it. You will get immediately to maybe the concerns that people have. And what, what people sometimes ask me is like, is this ethical, right? This new thing you're doing, do you think it's ethical? And, and what I always try to do, I, I try to flip this thing around. Because what I think is that is it ethical that we now slaughter 80 billion animals each year uh, for animal protein? What I, what I kind of hope is that, um, so I'm a mom, I have three kids, and that they will come to me in like 10 years, maybe 15 years time, and they will ask me, hey mom, how did your generation find it ethical to change 80 billion animals for this, this simple thing that you know I put on my plate every day? Um, and I think, I think what we what we're trying to do here at Meetable is really creating this new natural. We try to flip the narrative around uh, because in our mind, like what we are doing is actually the more natural, the more ethical way to go. And if if your listeners can do can do anything for me, I think it's just open up the conversation, right? Is it okay what we're doing now? And would you be willing to try this alternative, even if it's just for one uh, for one time? Because I I sincerely believe that that if you taste the product, 
um, that that will really speak for itself. It's not it's not a plant based alternative. It's not like meat. It is meat, so that will that will be okay. I think the key thing the listeners can help with is to I don't know help people be open to this to this new technology and try it out. I think that thinking about this future for our children is is very inspiring. So I want to ask you, what's next for Meetable? I know the team is growing and hiring, but what's next for Meetable? Um, so actually, uh, what we like to say is right now we're out of, uh, for our first product, we're out of the research phase. It might be more of a, a, a pharma nomenclature, but we have basically developed our first product. Uh, we know how to do it, and we've now made it into a sausage and a dumpling, but this this can still change. So right now we're actually in a position that we can start preparing for our first market launch, uh, which will definitely be in 25, hopefully even sooner. Uh, so that's what the, the coming two, two and a half years will be about. I will say that uh, after interviewing so many people on this show, it's actually very refreshing to hear that the timeline is is actually a couple of years away instead of, you know, a couple of months or at the end of the year. So 2025, I think is, you know, beautiful timeline helps set perspective in a very realistic way. So I, I definitely appreciate that. I want to really close off by asking you if you have any last insights for our listeners, for our audience today. Yes. I think on what you just said, I'm actually, I'm actually happy that you pointed it out. I mentioned this before, right? I think the way to talk to consumers for me is all about being honest and being transparent. And I think this is also the reason why indeed I didn't tell you that we will launch in three months or six months time, because these things just take time. It's a new industry. Regulators need time to write, uh, write laws. Literally. I think it, this, this podcast hopefully also is a good start to really provide this transparency, provide the openness. Um, yeah, I think that's the last thing I can give to you. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us on the Culture Meat and Future Food Show. Thank you so much. It was, uh, was lovely. Thank you. This is your host, Alex, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. This program was produced by H Media. See you soon.